there seems to always be fresh talk about change. I, I get amazed about this because life never actually stays stagnant. Like if people are expecting that, right, that's that's crazy. It's your life never stays the same, your personal life, your professional life. Everything always changes and people are always surprised. Somehow when change does happen, I have news from the front. Change always happens. Uh, our events here, our live events on the Clubhouse app are designed to encourage you about change. Welcome to the radio rally on the Clubhouse app. What you are about to hear will be focused on lifting you up giving you good advice, hearing stories from some really amazing radio people, and uncovering the path forward in radio right now. Today's live event will also be a podcast called The Encouragers, the Radio Rally Podcast, and will be available uh, probably within 30 minutes or so from the last time we speak a word on this live event, wherever you get your podcast. So later tonight, boom, you'll be able to find it. Our thanks to Joe Kelly for producing our podcast events and just joeproductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing them. Meet our guests live on the Clubhouse app or subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a thing. We've been very intentional. We have two, those two podcasts. The first one is the Encouragers Innovation and Audio Podcast, and the second one is the one that you're listening to now, the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, and both are available on Apple, Spotify, Audible, and wherever you get your podcast. Today is Monday, October 25th. Now check it out. Erica Farber is with us. Erica is president and CEO of the Radio Advertising Bureau, and she'll be joined on this live episode of the Encouragers uh, the radio rally by Drew Bland. Now, now who is Drew? Drew is the program director of CAMEL, uh, K-M-L-E in Phoenix, Arizona. Before we get started with today's guest, I want to kind of take a moment and talk about next Monday. Monday, can you believe it? November the 1st. Uh, Hawkeye will be here. Who's Hawkeye? Hawkeye is known as the famous Hawkeye. In the morning at uh, New Country 96.3 KSCS in Dallas, Fort Worth. He's been there for like 30 years. He's going to give us the secrets to his success and how do you do that and how do you stay relevant and powerful in the morning in a market like Dallas? He knows. He's going to be joined next Monday by Nikki Thomas, who's the program director of WXBQ. And that's, of course, in Johnson City, Kingsport, Bristol, Tennessee, Virginia. See our guest calendar all the way through and into uh, December at this point uh, in our free blog section at RainmakerPathway.com. We have encouragement for on-air and promotions with our more than live and local guest series. And check this out, even more encouragement for local radio sellers with our encouraging sales success series, as well as free resources for anyone in radio today. We don't lock away anything on our website the way some consultants do. We do that because we believe in the theory of abundance. Ask me about it sometimes. I'll be glad to tell you. So go to RainmakerPathway.com anytime. See what you can get from our team for free. Please follow the people on this stage and at this event. Look around the room for people that you can connect with uh, as well. While this is happening and afterwards, we are here to encourage you and your broadcast career. A big part of that is networking. My name is Lloyd Ford. I'm with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works. Higher ratings are not a mystery. 
It's a practice. It's what we do. Our clients love our exclusive products like our Music Lab, which prevents music drift, our branding candy, which hyper-focuses your brand images for success, and our morning show fame development coaching that puts the accent and the action in the right place to create correct audience consequences. I like to call those higher ratings. And you will, too. If you know somebody who has some challenges in any of these areas, they need some help, uh, have them reach out anytime. F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. Let's check in with Heather Frogmere from K-Frog. Now, Heather, how are you? I'm good. It just started raining like we had a downpour just like a second ago. So I apologize if it's loud. We don't have um, great rain windows here. So things are loud. Oh, you're just making my imagination go. What would a great rain window be? Hmm. Well, listen, I I know that you do afternoons with Anthony, and and how do you all split up show prep? I mean, how does it work for your show? It's it's always different with partners, right? Yeah, it is. Um, but we uh, we like to think we're a well oiled machine for having been partnered up only you know five or six months. Nice. Um, I would say the short answer is 50-50, um, but the long answer is I'm really type A, so I like to build a grid every day. I like to maintain a grid, and we have benchmarks that we do every day on the show, so we know that's going to happen. And mm -hmm. then the day of our show, um, he and I put the best content on there as one breakers or topics that we want to do. Um so it is pretty 50-50. He handles our digital content for the show because he's like the master at that. Oh, um, nice. I, I can chime in anytime or, or create content when he's gone. Um, and then we record together and then I produce the show. So we really try and divvy up the responsibilities because, you know, he's got other work to do. He does digital for the West Coast for Odyssey. And then um, obviously I have my music director stuff to do and the PD stuff to do. So um, it's, yeah, it's really 50-50. It's a great partnership. He's awesome. It's really interesting that you've got that going on. And a lot of people like to compare afternoon shows and morning shows. Do you think it's more challenging to do a two-person show in afternoon drive? I do, actually. Um, you know, the biggest part of our show prep is the local content for the mm -hmm. outlying stations that we're on. And, you know, while we may not be in several cities that we're broadcasting from, you know, we put a lot of work into knowing what's going on. Um, so tips for any syndicated talent, you should follow all the jocks at each station, you know, have access to those station socials, befriend the talent there. They're going to be, you know, your best friends. Um, helping you know what you're talking about. Um, we do internally at KFROG once a week, our morning shows, put together a list of, you know, items of interest for the area and we share with each other. And so our outlying markets that we do, their morning shows generally do that for us too. Hey, here's what's a big deal out here this week. And we do have family in those markets, which also helps. And, you know, to have a communicative PD at stations is someone you can call, text, FaceTime anytime if you have questions on pronunciations or whatnot is key. But yeah, definitely a lot of the the um, prep is the local content. I love this. You know, it, it does kind of take a village to, yeah. right, to do all this. And yeah, I, I do mean, think, I think, you know, we how it's different than the morning show is, mm -hmm. you know, we we're talking to people who have had a long day at work 
So, um, you know, we're not there to be crazy, funny bit people. We're there to make it fun, give them a reason to listen, but to do it in about half the time the morning show does it. Morning show generally gets, you know, two, three minutes per break for content break. We want to keep things rolling because we still are music intense. So learning how to do that is like, it's difficult, but you know. I also think that it's a huge responsibility of programmers in today's world to to take the responsibility of including everybody and kind of bringing everything together, almost like a, a maestro, if you will, so that everyone is informed and everyone has everything that they need. Would you say that's accurate? Absolutely. If your if your air staff is not aware of what's going on, that's your fault, you know. And mm. you know, you could say, "Oh, you're over communicating." There's no such thing as over. Yeah. When something goes on, and I'm just giving an example for K Frog specifically, where I'm based. Mm-hmm. You know, we start group chats with each other. If something's going down, there's a wildfire, or you know, Route 91 Harvest Festival, for instance. We are immediately in a group chat. All right, who's going to post this? I'll create the graphic. I'll send it to you, blah, blah, blah. Everybody post on your personal socials as well. That's an expectation. You should want to do that um, because not everybody just looks at the station socials. They look at your socials. So uh, we have just a great team. Everybody has a role and everybody backs each other up when, you know, when somebody needs help. And that's important. But, yeah, you, you have to communicate and there's no such thing as not communicating enough. <laughs> well, I can't speak for everybody, and I can't even speak for the people at KFROG, but I can say this. Just in the period of time that you and I have been doing this with the encouragers, I have learned that the people that inhabit that building at KFROG are not to be messed with. <laughs> you all are on top of everything that happens. I really, it's a, it's admirable, honestly. Thank you. We, we really love each other. We really try hard and, you know, um, our audience is everything. So. All right. So speaking of communicating, you've got a great guest for us. Who do you have this week? I do. And I think this is like a first time clubhouse thing for Drew. Drew Bland, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. Yeah. First time on clubhouse outside of just like, uh, you know, watching from afar. Yeah. Oh, so you have been lurking, you know, you know what this is kind of all about. It's like, you know, an audio, it's kind of like AIM or something. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what it would be like from back in the day. You're just listening. We're on the phone together. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Happy to be here. This is cool. You are the current PDMD talent at KMLE in Phoenix. You were at Monument Records not too long ago, home of Walker Hayes with that smash hit, Fancy Like. Um, I don't want to go through your resume for you, but what we like to do on the Encourage is is just, you know, have you walk us through how you got your start in radio, where you ended up, how you got to where you are. So how did you get bit by the radio bug? Uh, you know, when you grow up in Phoenix, you have so many like legendary people that you listen to. Um, you know, Dave Pratt was the guy for me and I thought he was awesome. He was on KUPD forever. He was called the morning mayor and it was just sort of epic. And I said, man, that'd be fun to do that. And to be in radio and work with work with someone like that, not to be on morning radio, but to work with someone like that. So I got a job working for a cool FM, the oldie station at the time. Now it's classic hits. Mm-hmm. You know, it's still a dominant uh, leader in the market. But I said, I want to work with the oldest people in the building because I want to learn everything from them. Right. So I figured young guys, you know, young people at the top 40 station, like, you know, they might not be as excited to teach some 
idiot, you know, who's 18, everything they know. But I, I had a feeling that the guys at the oldie station would. And so I jumped in and just sort of learned everything at Cool FM and, you know, worked my way up to APD there under countless different program directors to learn from, like Todd Wallace and, you know, Charlie Lake and, God, Lee, John Clay and Chris. I mean, there's just a ton of them that came through at that time. So learned that, elevated up, became APD MD at Camel, you know, through a way of attrition and got into the country format and ended up working with Dave Pratt as his APD, which was pretty cool. Wow. And so uh, that was great. And then, you know, took a job in Orlando running WWKA, K92.3, the big dog down there in Central Florida, and, you know, left Phoenix to go do that. Worked with, um, you know, Susan Larkin was the market manager over there and Steve Smith, the head of programming, just two brilliant people. And then got plucked to come up and work in Seattle after three years in Orlando. And so worked at Seattle at 100.7 The Wolf. And you and I work together, you know, every week, which is nice too. We brainstorm. And um, do you have a favorite state? Not having anything to do with radio, but did do you enjoy living in Florida? Do you like Phoenix better, the climate or? Yeah, I mean, Phoenix is home, so this will always be number one on the list. But I'd actually say Washington State was pretty cool. Yeah, you know, the looks beautiful. Western side with Seattle, it's very West Coasty, but it's very Alaska-y at the same time. It's pretty. Mm-hmm. pretty mm-hmm. So you left radio for a time to work at Monument Records. Uh-huh. Tell us what the appeal was for you at that time. Um, actually, true story. Working in Seattle, we hired a marketing director, and she had no background in radio and dave richards you know made the decision to hire her i don't know if you're familiar with dave richards but he's brilliant and he's the he was the vp of programming for seattle and he's heavy heavy hitter now at odyssey obviously but he hired someone that had no radio experience i thought it was so cool it's like well that's fresh we have new perspective new thinking and i said to myself if somebody ever came calling you know with an outside industry and timing worked out I would give it a shot because I like that they think like that. And so uh, Katie McCartney, the head of Monument Records, called and said, I don't want someone that knows what they're doing. Do you want to come do this? So well, I don't know what I'm doing. I'll come do it. You know, and so it was just sort of one of those things like, why not? You know, you had the opportunity. I thought it would be a fun challenge, and it was a fun challenge. And, you know, to go into a leadership spot within an organization like that, and sort of be scrappy from the ground up and do it. Mm-hmm. So when else are you going to have that opportunity? So I took it. Wow. That was so it. They wanted a green pea, but you got to see it from the opposite side. Uh-huh. Anything that surprised you? Uh, yeah, actually, there's a couple things. One, how hard it is to get some program directors on the phone to talk <laughs> about their music. All right, smarty pants. <laughs> I'm not pointing. I'm not pointing <laughs> fingers, Heather. Um, but uh, no, actually, what really surprised me was there's a lot of fun and games that goes into chart manipulation mm-hmm. um, for the good and the bad. Um, you know, and it's sort of eye opening as to how much actually goes in to you know getting songs up the chart, whether it's real or not. You know, whether it's justified or not, there's just a lot that goes into it. And it was it was pretty shocking um, to really see the day in, day out of how that goes. So it's it's our job, you know, to play, obviously, the best music. And sometimes it means using our gut. You know your audience well, Drew. So do you generally trust your gut? Do you feel, you know, that now that you've come from a label that you have a little bit of an edge? Um, Yeah, I mean, I think the edge actually 
Yeah, there is a little bit of an edge because I think it comes into understanding the metrics a little bit more mm-hmm. and being able to decipher some of these numbers that look exciting or they look, you know, defeated mm-hmm. um, to actually seeing what's going on, you know, and being able to sort of look behind the curtain and know what's happening, I think yeah. is edge. But using gut, you know, I think we all use gut on everything, right? That's why we do whatever we do. Yeah, we 50% shot uh, shot at getting it right. <laughs> I mean pretty much, you know, but also I think there's I think there's gut on, you know, what do you look at? Mm-hmm. And you know, how do you determine what you look at that makes your decisions unique? Mm-hmm. And you know, everybody looks at data, I think we'd be silly if we don't. Um, but I think gut plays a lot into that too. Yeah. You know, some people are are streaming people, some people are sales people still, yeah. um, which is interesting to think that they're making total decisions off that, you know, and some people are on demand video streaming people you go, okay, well, that's their gut. You know, that's your gut that you use to make that decision as to what you're looking at. So mm-hmm. what do you get the most joy from being on the air programming or, or doing the music? What, what do you get tickled by the most? Um, probably the programming side, but working with talent and mm-hmm. watching them grow and develop into what they want to achieve what makes great talent these days in your in your eyes Hmm. people are just entertaining Mm -hmm. but also people who manage to make connections on a local level it's very easy to i think to just be sort of static you know like a lot of us are Mm -hmm. um you know we sort of get through the motions at times when we're doing it but but true talent really they see a creative vision. It's like an artist. And this was probably a big takeaway from being on the label side is, you know, as authentic and real as you can be mm-hmm. as a musician, you're probably going to have more success with your music, you know, instead of just trying to fit something. And I think talent, the same thing when they have a creative vision that they want to hit, that's true to who they are. Mm-hmm. I think it just connects so much better. And that excites me helping people get to that spot and watching them get to that spot, you know, and, and st- leveling up whatever that might look like for that person. What would you say your programming style is? Are you the micromanager? Are you the encourager? What is, how does Drew manage? Um, I sort of like iron fist. (laughs) You what? Iron fist. Iron fist. Yeah, no, that's totally (laughs) it. No, I like to sort of like, you know, talking about that is just sort of set people up for their successes. Um, so it's not quite a micromanager unless you have to be a micromanager. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not an iron fist unless you have to be an iron fist It's sort of build a creative spot for somebody to do their job, you know, to where they're excited and they have passion that comes from it and it gets out over the air. Like that's sort of how I like to be, um, yeah. trust people to do the right thing, but also mm-hmm. help them understand what the right thing is. So they don't do the wrong thing, you know, and then leave them alone. Yeah. Excellent. I love that. You have moved a lot. Uh, um, and people in radio should come to expect that occasionally. How did you find a spouse willing to support you and follow you all over? Yeah, who knows? I don't know. I don't, I don't have enough credit question. to the families of radio people. For real. You know what? It's <laughs> it's funny when you move around as a, as a radio person or within any job, I guess. Like, you usually move for one job. Mm-hmm. I always... I always felt bad because we've moved several times now and it's always been for my job, but I always feel bad for my wife because she has to sort of start over, you know, and they say that the most three most stressful things to do in life is what get a divorce, get a new job and, you know, move. Mm -hmm. So they always get stuck doing two of the three. That's probably why the third one usually ends up coming pretty quick. So (laughs) 
you know, thank God it hasn't. So she's a trooper. Yeah. What's one of those? Do you, I don't know if you have one. Maybe you, maybe you don't. Um, but we like to ask, is there a standout moment for you? Like where you knew, oh my gosh, this is what I was meant to do. Hmm. Boy. I mean, there's been career highlights, mm-hmm. you know, where you go like, okay, that wouldn't be possible in any other world. Yeah. And it wouldn't be possible if we weren't all linked up in the right time and place for this to happen. Um, maybe that. Is that what you mean? Like yeah. You look for I mean, one of those? Sometimes it can be, you know, just a, your first listener comes up to you and says, oh, I, I love your show. Or or you shared this with me on the air and here's what I, you know, learned from it. Or, or a radiothon where you saw the power of your gotcha. body. Gotcha. You know, yeah, I'd say... I'd say probably the one that sticks the most was in Orlando Mm -hmm. when they had that nightclub shooting that hit when I met, geez, what was that? Like five years ago or something like that. But they had that really bad, like 47 people got shot and killed in that nightclub incident, whatever. And like, it was a, it was like a Puerto Rican, um, you know, gay nightclub. Like, so it didn't quite play to the country audience, right? Uh-huh. Like, that's not what you would say, like, oh, that's a target area that we're going to go to. Um, but it hit the community really hard. And we sat there and we talked about it after it happened because it was so, so shocking. And it was so just odd that mm-hmm. that would happen on a random day in that city, you know. And so we put together a benefit concert with tons of artists that came in overnight, you know, obviously. Everybody yeah. wanted to help out, but we saw the community rally together on something that didn't quite hit the core, mm-hmm. you know, demo as to who we typically target. And man, it was such a, it was just such a eye-opening thing of how much people actually care and how much a radio station could do good mm-hmm. if you choose to. Yeah. You know, and it was a lot of work. It was a huge expense. Cox, you know, footed the bill to help generate this concert and just, they funded everything so that we were able to generate, you know, Three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars for charity, like within a week. Isn't that amazing? Gosh, yeah, cool. So it's like stuff like that. That's probably the one. But there's been other ones that you do, and you just go like, okay, if you worked at Panera Bread, you wouldn't be able to do that. You could donate cookies yeah. and meals to first responders, but can you really do it at that scale that you can with this medium? You know, and like TV can't do that. They would yeah. try. They just don't have. They don't have the the design to be able to pull something off like that. So it was pretty special. Oh gosh, just listening to that gives me chills. That's that's the power of of local radio for sure. How do you maintain your passion every day? How, what what excites you when you get up every morning? What do you look the most forward to? Um, I think it's just a constant curiosity mm-hmm. as to like what are we going to tackle today? Like what's going to come at you? You know what what are we going to do that's going to be you know memorable today, even on a small scale sort of keeps me fired up in the morning. I don't know if it's one specific thing, you know, but it's checking the headlines in the morning and, you know, monitoring the morning show and seeing where they're at and just looking mm-hmm. for these opportunities to be creative and and curious about what's going on in the world and how to connect it to the audience and your local market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a big part of, you know, the morning coffee sitting there and, and the challenge ahead, you know, but it's exciting. And, yeah. I, you know, that's why I wanted you to, to come sit with us tonight because, you know, you are one of those people who still loves what they do and you can see it. You're out at, with your staff at the shows and you're having fun and engaging. And so, um, 
you know, it's important that you're part of this. What or, or who have you learned the most from? Like, who would your mentors be? Your Mount Rushmore of mentors? Oh, my gosh. I mean, <laughs> there's, there's so many of them. Um, you know, if I had to build a Mount Rushmore of some pretty iconic uh, mentors and, and people that have helped grow over the years, I'd say, you know, uh, Jeff Garrison's one of them for sure. Yeah. You know, he's so creative and just such a strong personality, but he's always looking at it from a human angle, but also a brand angle on how to make things so powerful. Uh, working with him was incredible. Steve Smith's another one at CMG, mm-hmm. um, you know, their head of programming. He's just a good friend, but he's just a brilliant marketing and branding mind, you know, that's always thinking about what's the listener benefits. So those would be a couple. Um, Dave Richards in Seattle was probably one of the most insightful people to work with because he's just so quick and focused on brand, Mm -hmm. not games, not hoopla, you know, not gimmicks and stuff, but about brand integrity. And you could see it with his you know, success at KISW and just how what a monster that station was under his time there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's incredible. He's a true branding guy and it's cool to see. It's amazing to work with. I love that. Drew, you're so positive and, and fun. And I mean, I adore you, but I know you, but I'm glad everybody got to know a little bit more about you today. And at the end of this, we're going to have some questions from the audience. So if you don't mind sticking around. Okay. I- throw it to Lloyd. Oh, thank you, Heather. And thank you, Drew. You know, you can catch Heather on the stream uh, out of KFROG in Riverside, San Bernardino. The Radio Rally is our weekly Monday live opportunity to visit with radio with our group, The Encouragers. Please make your mark if you haven't liked or joined The Encouragers. You can do it right here on the app while we're sitting here live all together. And of course, if you're listening on the podcast later, uh, you can figure it out the encouragers on clubhouse. We do have at least two weekly live events that are designed to help you grow your radio and audio career. Our next guest now, now uh, take a minute and think about this. She is well known to radio and to others in the entertainment industry in general. Originally she worked in sales, then sales management, then general management at radio in a variety of large and major markets. She's held important sales positions and management positions all the way back to Interrep Radio in the 1980s. For 17 years, she was the publisher and CEO of Radio and Records. Today, she is well known as the president and CEO of the Radio Advertising Bureau. Erica, welcome to the Radio Rally and the Encouragers. How are you? I am terrific, and it's wonderful to be here. Ah, well, I've learned something from you every single time I have an opportunity to visit with you, and I don't think today will be any different. I have to remind people that you have served radio very directly on the staff of K-R-T-H and then K-I-I-S in Los Angeles, but you were recognized early as somebody who could inspire and influence others. You served as the general manager for WROR in Boston and then as general manager. Now, now then you went to New York as the general manager of WXLO 99X. Are there timeless things that make a great seller? And is that the same tr- the same thing that's also essentially true for sales management? 
You know, it's such a great question, but I don't think there's any difference of success, no matter mm-hmm. if you are on the content side, if you are on the sales side, or if you are in management. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I will tell you, I'm so inspired listening to the conversation with Drew and Heather just now. Mm-hmm. And I, I was thinking of all the things that, that Drew talked about. And I think... You know, a great manager is a great motivator and they're a great leader. So it doesn't matter what area you're in. People know if you have passion, people know if you are honest, people know if you care. And if you care and you prove that people will trust you and trust is such an important element um, in every successful operation. It's so interesting to me that you started there. Uh, you almost started with the care package. People, if people see that you that that you 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 care for them, then they're willing to do more with you. Correct. I believe that absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, looking at the arc of your career, which is really fascinating, by the way, you jumped headfirst into McGavern Guild as director of promotional selling. I'm not even sure what that is, uh, but maybe you can. <laughs> I, I you didn't can, know what it was either. Oh, yeah. Um, right. But it sounds great. Right. And then, and then listen, you rapidly were named director of business development and promotion. You became the vice president and general manager of the radio marketing division. This all happened pretty rapidly. And clearly you did well across the board in dealing with a wide variety of people in different situations. I feel like this is an important lesson, something that people should really listen up. It's maybe the most important thing we can talk about as we head into 2022. What is the key to learning to be successful with a wide variety of people and in many different settings, in your opinion? Well, first of all, you have to be a good listener. Mm-hmm. Um, if you aren't listening, you're not learning. And we've all worked for talkers. Um, but in the radio business, (laughs) (laughs) but seriously, I think listening, asking questions, having a plan, uh, being fluid, having goals, reassessing those goals and listening to the people around you. You know, I know early in my career, I noticed when there was a new manager, the first thing that would happen is he, and in those days, it was primarily a he, he would come in and terminate a lot of people and then bring in his own team. And I was always fascinated by that because I thought, well, wait a minute, these people were doing a really good job. And the suggestion was that if someone's going to bring in a new vision, that they would not be able to um, accomplish his goals. And I realized early on that as a manager or a leader, what you really need to do is listen to the people around you. You have the goals and you find out what people's strengths and weaknesses are. And in many cases, when I would be in a position to move up, sometimes I had to make maybe some of my weaknesses, my strengths. And uh, because it all depended on what the situation was and every situation is different. So, so wait, in all, these, in all these different jobs, 
you were making assessments about what your weaknesses and strengths were and trying to strengthen the things where you had challenges. Absolutely. Interesting. All right. Um, so listen, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm no, sorry. You know, it's, no. it's, it's interesting on Clubhouse. You can almost kind of have a fluid conversation, but it's not. Sometimes it's just a little crunchy. <laughs> uh, listen, you became the VP of sales and marketing for radio and records. Now, listen and see if history doesn't repeat itself again. You were rapidly promoted to chief operating officer. Finally, you became the publisher. You've crushed a lot of glass ceilings in a variety of environments dominated by men or at least dominated by men until you arrived. What advice do you have for women who are either listening now or will listen to this later on our podcast, who are clearly going to look up to you as somebody who who broke glass ceilings? And do you think that, and I have to put this as delicately as I can because I'm on the male team, uh, do you think that <laughs> things have changed in terms of behaviors that you've faced through the years that, let's say, were not ideal, or are they just as similar as they've always been? Uh, <laughs> there's, a, there's a few questions there. I know. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll start with the latter first. Okay. Uh, I do think it it is a little bit easier. Um, there are still some issues. There are still roadblocks. I think that the more women have um, taken leadership roles uh, and that we have had more role models and in a sense have our good old girls network, um, we could support each other. Because, you know, growing up, I didn't really have female professional mentors. My mentors were male when I got into the business. Um, I was fortunate that I had female mentors outside of work. That's right. Um, but it's really important. Um, you know, I, I, it's not a term that I created, but to have your own board of directors, you know, to have some people mm. in your life that, and I think this goes for men as well as women, but having a group of people that you trust that you can talk to, that you can share experiences and you can um, ask for advice and guidance. You know, every major company has a board of directors and why shouldn't we as individuals have our own board of directors? That is smart. Um, now, you know, you talk about R&R. That was a very mm -hmm. different situation because um, I went to R&R. Uh, Bob Wilson, who was the founder, a great guy, I had a need to be back in the West Coast. And when Bob knew that, he created a position for me. Oh. Uh, yeah, I was very, very lucky. And at the time, I thought, well, there's really no job for me there. But long story short, he created a job for me. And very shortly after I started, and, at the, and in those days, R&R was actually owned by Westwood One. And Westwood One... Uh, the head of that was Norm Pattis. And you may remember, for those who have been in the business for a long time, they also owned a radio station uh, in Los Angeles and New York. Mm. And they were having some issues within the organization. So anything that was not core to the business, they had to sell. And R&R &R was up for sale. So I had agreed since I had more sales background than 
most of the people at R&R, I said, I will stay and help shop the asset. And once we find a new buyer for R&R, I'll leave and figure out what my next move is going to be. And a very long story short, one of the financial tire kickers that came in <laughs> mm-hmm. um, asked me what my plans were going to be after the sale. And I said, well, you know, once we find a buyer, I will figure out what I'm going to do and I will write off in the sunset. And to which they said, I tell you what, we're very interested in buying an R&R, but we want you to partner with us. And so if we're going to do it, we want you to be the operating partner of the asset and you'll have a financial stake in the organization. So that is how my transition occurred, which was not the normal transition of moving up in management within an organization. Well, and that's a big change, too. A lot more responsibility, a lot more risk, if you will, and certainly a bigger seat, right? Well, it's just different <laughs> because now, you know, when you have responsibilities for a P&L, now you yes. really have responsibilities for a P&L. No and if question. there isn't cash, you have to figure out how you're going to make payroll. And it's not about, oh, I'll find someone else to do it. You are responsible for getting it done. And that's different. Here. That's different. Yeah. And and so look, you you talked you touched on this briefly, and I was I was a little bit startled, and I shouldn't be that you didn't have mentors in the business uh, early on, but now that is available. I mean, you know, we've had some really great, what I would think are great female mentors on this live event, including yourself, of course. But well, there are so many amazing women in our business. Absolutely. What what we have to work hard at, and I say we, women, men, everybody, is holding on to this talent. And because we've lost some really great women for all very good reasons. Um, But we need to really ensure that our industry remains a great career destination. And so not only people like me or you, Lloyd, but Drew and Heather and people who are successful doing this, we all have a responsibility to shout it from the, from the mountaintops to whomever will listen to us, how lucky we are to work in this business and what a great business it is. Yeah, how cool it is. Because it yeah. is. It right? is cool. Now, it's interesting that you bring that up. Your involvement and your experience in the radio business, you know, business related to radio is probably without peer, I think. Okay. You've won so many awards and you are such an influential person. How do, and you know, you and I talked about this earlier today. People don't know this, but, but we had that moment earlier today, which was really amazing. And I just want to ask you this. How do you stay so sharp and so motivated around the radio business? Well, first of all, I am surrounded by the smartest people possible. We have the, this amazing group of people that work at the Radio Advertising Bureau. Many are unsung heroes. And then we have this board of directors that is made up of truly the captains of industry for all size companies from, you know, iHeart is the largest 
to independently owned broadcasters who may even work in a non-rated market. Right. And, and so I have the opportunity to be surrounded by these amazing people who have great opportunities and great challenges. And, you know, it's impossible for any one person to stay on top of anything. Mm. But if you are interested and you are engaged, there's so much available to learn about and get better. And there isn't a day that doesn't go by that I didn't learn something new. I like that. And I love that. Well, let's talk about the last 17 months because boy, if there has been a time (laughs) ever to be encouraged, to, to, to need encouragement, uh, God bless it looks like COVID-19. It's had a very large impact on every single corner of our business and could impact us for a long time to come. Now, I'm not being negative here. I'm just saying. I'm just going to say, I'm going to interrupt you. Not could. It will. It will. Okay. Okay. 2020 was anything but, but perfect vision for radio. What do you see uh, or what did you see during this period of time that that was positive that gave you a lot of faith about our business going forward? Well, you talk about rallying together. If you just think about the impact that local radio station has had on their individual communities, it is, it is motivating. It is astonishing, but it makes you so proud of our industry. You know, in many cases, the only connection that people had was a was their live talent on their local radio station. It meant something. It still means something. And in many cases, radio was one of the few places, local radio, that that shared with these local communities who was open. Where can I get gas? Where can I get food? Where can I get toilet paper? I mean, they all sound sort of trivial, but it's so true. And then people started sharing. And I think um, some of us got found out, too. Mm. And what I mean by that... You don't have to explain, but you can. (laughs) Well, but you really learn in a situation, and I don't care how smart anyone is and how prepared you are. No one was prepared for this. There's no way you could have been prepared But people got found out, you know, who really does have relationships in the local community? Um, We talk to so many local sellers uh, on a regular basis at the REB. And in many cases, um, our staff was busier than ever because people wanted someone to talk to. They wanted someone to share stories with. They wanted some advice. And all of a sudden they were working at home. They didn't have, you know, they didn't have the connections they had. And so they were coming to us saying, you know, I, can you share some information with me? I need to get back to a client with this information. Right. So, you know, we saw the best of the best. And I was also so proud for people who really weren't sure what to do, that they asked the questions. And how great is that? Oh, it's you know, huge. The biggest problem is the question you don't ask. That's right. That's right. And being intimidated to ask questions. I'm going to say this, as long as we're on this subject, I'm going to say also, because some of my clients 
had sales reps and sales managers who blew us all away with how they stayed calm and how they rotated to actions that made their clients have confidence and be reassured that, yeah, the world was not going to fall apart, that, that there was a, there was a place for them and it was on local radio and that they had their back. And I did see examples that, of course, I saw other examples too, but it's, it's really amazing what happens when you're under pressure like that. Absolutely. Let's talk about some smart market managers and sales managers. Uh, What do you think they're doing in your opinion to be prepared for whatever may come as a result of variances or new challenges or can we just say the 21st century? Woo! How you doing? <laughs> Come on now! <laughs> it no, just seems you know, like it's 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 change all the time, right? Well, nothing is the same, and that's right. You know, it's not, and it's ju- not just our industry. It's everything. Correct. It's every industry. It's it's our educational system. It's environment. Nothing is the same. And I think sometimes we can be a little myopic thinking it's only me. me. (laughs) It's only me, right? It's only my company. It's only this. And, you know, the reality is everything is different. And I think once we are a little more comfortable with that, it just makes it a little bit easier and a little more tolerable to deal with this. We know that change is inevitable. No one likes change. But change is also very exciting. And once you embrace it and and are not afraid of it, um, you know, I recently read something about taking risks. And so many people are afraid to take a risk because they think something's going to go wrong. And this was Seth Godin. And one of the things he said is you need to look at risks differently because taking a risk can be so positive and so exciting. And once you think about these challenges a little bit differently, I think it makes it easier. The hardest thing for any manager who manages people is basically you are responsible to protect and help the people that you work with provide a quality of life to themselves and their families. Yes. That's a huge responsibility. And, and, and so when you think of it that way, you have to really keep that in mind and say, you know, sometimes we're going to make a decision to do this, but is it really in the best interest? And so many times we're making decisions that are good for us today, but are they really good for us two weeks from now or six weeks oh. from now or a month from now? Those are important. Now, look, you get involved with helping radio hmm, everywhere. <laughs> so when you, when people first come in contact with the RAB, what surprises some of them that I, I don't want to say makes you chuckle, but you've got to have moments where people have that aha moment. Well, first of all, one of the things that we're most proud about is if you call RAB, even through the pandemic, you get a live person answer the phone. That's huge. <laughs> what? So I think just from that alone, you know, that sets the tone. Right. And many times when someone is reaching us, they're looking for information right now. And our job 
is to look within our organization, no matter what the question is, and it could be an advertiser, it could be an agency or a local seller, is, you know, we need to get back to them with a real answer within 24 hours. And we take a great, a great deal of pride in that. So I think probably one of the biggest aha moments for our members is when they see the depth of information and knowledge and data that we have at our fingertips that they don't and just the speed of it right yes well it's the speed and the depth of it mm -hmm. and and i think that you know it's a very different again it's a very different organization today than it was even 10 years ago so and you five, know this is because things change all the time people Things yes. don't stay stagnant ever. They change. That's what they do. If you're expecting life to be the same, you are in trouble. So, <laughs> so listen, a, a lot of radio sales managers, I'm going to turn serious for a minute, but I know that you've heard this because I know that it's, I just know this is constant conversation. A lot of radio sales managers find recruitment for sales to be especially tough today. What kind of things do you encourage sales managers and market managers to include in how they recruit sellers for radio? You know, it is a challenge and it's it's a big, big issue. Um, I would I would say that the more we can get, especially for new young people coming into the industry. Right. The more we can tap into our younger talent within our organizations to help in that recruitment process is critical. Right. Because in many cases, you know, our senior leaders are a little bit older and I'm, you know, including myself. In many cases, they don't want to go work for their mom or their dad or their grandfather. They want to work and and sit side by side by people that look like them. So the more we can utilize our talent that looks like the people we're trying to recruit, I think that's a big step. I think we also have to not just look at our own industry. And, you know, this is something that Drew mentioned. Um, yep. We don't need to necessarily hire people that are, that are in radio and, especially in the sales area, every manufacturer and every product and service has a sales department. They have a digital department. So they have a marketing Keep on department. preaching, sister. <laughs> this, is a, this is a major pet peeve of mine. Do something untraditional. Go get somebody else, right? Yeah. Yep. All right. So, exactly. so let's talk about the other twin that goes along with this. How can radio do a better job of training sales talent today? Because look, those two things, I mean, it's interesting on the programming side, you hear people talk about this all the time. Oh, we don't have enough time for coaching. We don't have enough time for coaching. What, what get a consultant. What are you doing? Coaching well, is you, really important. Okay. What about, we don't have, we don't have the luxury to not stop and train our people. Thank you. And and that goes for anything. You know, we had an issue. We always, we think about this a lot within our own organization because right. we're spread out all over the country. We don't have a gigantic staff. As I always like to say, we're small but mighty. 
And but we have to constantly remind and communicate with our own staff what our mission is, where they fit within that mission. You know what they do matters because sometimes they don't have that connection to see. You know, I might be a data analyst. Well, what does that matter? Well, it matters big time because you're the one responsible for updating information that someone needs today. Right. So we have to continue to remind ourselves that it, the mission and what we do may be very clear to us as the leader, but in the day-to-day operation, it may not be that clear to the people that we're expecting to deliver um, what our goals are and, and, and accomplish the goals that we want to accomplish. That's right. It's a symphony, right? It is. You want all, you want all the players moving uh, and, and, and to feel empowered. Yeah. You, know, you know, there's a lot of suspicion between, uh, let's call them baby boomers and Xers, and especially baby boomers and millennials. But, you know, if you really get to know some of these people, some of the people that are in the millennial generation, they're not the stereotypical stuff. They're scary people. <laughs> I mean, they are motivated. They are educated. They are aggressive. And I, I sometimes think we have to shake ourselves out of the past to get to where we are now. Right. But, but, and, but Lloyd, they also want to be heard. They do. And that, and and we have a responsibility if we're going to bring people into our organizations. We'd better be prepared to listen. It might be the most important thing we could do, actually. Yeah. Right? Yes. Now, look, there's a lot of speculation about radio and a lot of noise about our future. So noisy all the time. I think radio started speculating about death in the 1950s. <laughs> God, please, people. All right. How do you see the effective and successful future of radio developing in the deeper 21st century. What's coming? Boy, I, you know, I wish I knew, but whatever. Yeah, nobody it is, knows it's the future, right? <laughs> but it's yeah, coming. whatever it is, it's coming. I love that. And um, one of the things that I am most excited about is is first of all, audio in general. Is at an all-time high. The usage, it's around us, whether it's, you know, think about podcasts. A few years ago, if you mentioned podcasts, you'd like, what? And now right. there are hundreds and thousands of them. And then everyone said, oh, it's peaked. Peaked every week. There's at least a dozen new podcasts that are being announced. Um, years ago in commercials, the big brands had jingles and then it went away. And now you're hearing so much about sonic branding and all these major companies have a sonic audio sound, um, smart speakers, the technology, you go to a CES, the consumer electronics show, it is a phenomenal opportunity. And you walk around and you see how audio is being integrated into every area of our lives, not just the automobile, our refrigerators, um, every appliance, you name it. They're looking at how do we integrate audio? 
And no matter so, where you are, right, if you're in the, yeah. within the sound of our voice, here we sit in the center lane of it. And all a lot of these new entries who are not licensed broadcasters, but have carved out an area for listeners who, um, instead of their own curated music, are using these music sources for mm-hmm. radio. But it's interesting to me that these big companies, they also refer to their product as radio. And if radio yes. was a bad word, they would not be using it. Hmm. Curious. I'm glad you brought that up <laughs> because it's really <laughs> true. It's really true. And, you know, sometimes we go around these dark corners and we're like, from radio business. No, we are from radio people. We should be proud of what this is and where we can go because, because you're going to hear me say this later. Once you have a radio station, you get anything else you want. Yep, it's really true. true. It's not a, It's not about putting restrictions on ourselves. This business has always been creative, and the best part of it is the creativity. And I will just put with that something that you said earlier, earlier, Erica, which is really, really focus on the skill of learning to listen to other people. People want to be heard. It is a big, big deal. I think that's yeah. more important than it's ever been. And I harp on this a lot that, you know, we have all this technology and we have these really great smartphones and it's great, right? We have all these social media platforms. People are more isolated than they've ever been. Is that a part of our success, by the way, Erica, as sellers and as radio, as local radio to, to let people know that they are heard? Well, I I think so. But I also want to say, you know, every single person that works in radio is a seller in some respect. And we tend to say, oh, well, they're in sales or they're in programming or they're in content. No, we all have messages. Some of us are responsible for talking to people outside of our building to open up their checkbook. Some of us are using the airwaves to motivate someone to listen to them 15 minutes longer to, to show up, yes. to become involved in a community effort. It doesn't matter what social media, everybody is in sales in some respect. And the closer we can all work together to achieve these goals, I think, again, it, it separates, it, it breaks down those walls a little bit, and it's easier to support each other with a common goal. I told you when we began, you always say these smart things, and I find it, I find it fascinating that we are on with the president and CEO of, of the radio, say the full name of your organization for everyone, loud and proud. <laughs> it's the Radio Advertising Bureau. You see what she did there? She talked about radio for a long time, and then she brought up advertisement. We are actually not in the music business. We're in the advertising business. Can I get an well, amen? That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. That's what we all do. Erica, thank you for being our guest right here on the Radio Rally. I hope you'll stick around for a moment in case someone from our audience might have a question or two. Does that sound fair? It does, and thank you for having me today. It was my pleasure. 
Thank you. Every single week we visit from radio pros and with radio pros from different parts of the country. You never know what's going to pop up here unless, of course, you read our schedule, which we publish all the time. We do all this for one single reason. It's for you. We want to encourage you and encourage anyone making a, a living in the radio business today. This is also where you can come to hear people that you ordinarily might not get to hear in an intimate setting like the Clubhouse app. Talk about radio right now and meet them on our live Clubhouse events. Please follow the people on the stage at this event and around the room in this event as well. Uh, we want you to connect. We want you to network. We want to encourage that. Our purpose here is to encourage, and networking is a very big part of encouraging your career in radio. Get to know people. Uh, don't forget, next Monday, Monday, November 1st, Hawkeye will be here, uh, famously known as Hawkeye in the morning on New Country 96.3 KSCS in Dallas-Fort Worth. He will be joined with Nikki Thomas, who is Program Director of WXBQ in Johnson City, Kingsport, Bristol. And you don't want to miss what they're going to share with you about the radio business right now. Uh, here we are, of course, every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, just to encourage you. We are going to open up the room just in case you've got a question or two that you might have for our guest right now. All you have to do is push the button at the bottom of your iPhone or your Android device that raises your hand. It's a little, a little hand signal. You see it down there. And of course, we will bring you up onto the stage. We do ask that you mute your mic until we call on you. Check in anytime and get the latest updates. As we continue to add guests, I can guarantee you we're almost into the latter part of the year. And when I say that, I mean, we're filling up December dates and we want you to know who's coming. We publish our fully updated schedules to both of our live events at RainmakerPathway.com. That's where you can get a fresh look and fresh resources to encourage you or anyone in the radio business. And of course, you can always come here for our live events. Wednesdays, we also have a second live event. That second live event is Innovation in Audio with Skip Dillard from WPLS and Hot 97 in New York City. As usual, we have two guests for that live event as well. But just like normal for Innovation in Audio, only one of our guests is from radio itself. The other is usually somebody who works consistently Consistently, in the field of serious innovation itself, they may or may not be tied directly to radio or even audio itself. It's our way of giving you a different perspective about change, about creativity, about innovation itself. This Wednesday, just two days from now, on our live uh, event called Innovation and Audio, we will feature, actually, um, we will feature... Uh, Bernie Borges, who is the Vice President of Global Content Marketing for i -Corps. So let's get right to some questions. Uh, we do have somebody who has some questions for, for folks uh, either on our panel or one of our guests. And I'm going to try to bring Bob up right quick and see if I can get him up on the stage while I'm trying to do that. I do have a question for Drew. I want to know, Drew, do you feel like you are a, a high risk taker. And when I say that, I mean, I also want to, to bond that with another question. Do you ever feel like you've taken a job and later you go, Oh no, I shouldn't have done that. Are you a high uh, risk taker? Yeah, I would say high risk taker. And yeah, I did. I mean, that was the whole, when I went to monument records, like I got in mm -hmm. there, you know, fired up, ready to rock and roll. But 
you know, you know how it is when you're leading teams and organizations. Sometimes things are fits, and sometimes they're not. Right. And that one ultimately was like, I don't think, I don't think we're going to get the results at Monument with me at the helm of the promotion side just because it's not the right fit. And so maybe it wasn't like, oh, I shouldn't do that. But it was like, oh, maybe we should find something different, you know, mm. mutually and work, you know, work on a new plan. So, yeah. But it's, there's so a risk to move around and jump jobs always. So, yeah, why not? You never know what you're going to get, kind of. Life is like a box of chocolates. Is that what you just said to me? I think it is. Yeah, you know, it us- I think it usually works out uh, as long as you put the best into it. In your That's real. right. You know, That's right. You're not, and you're not. You're not lying your way through it. You just sort of are real with it. You're you're putting 100% in, and, you know, usually the best comes out of that. Well, because people can tell it if you're faking it. It's sure. going to come out, right? All right, Bob, you have a question for somebody on our panel. Hey, Lloyd, can you hear me? I can. This is just a comment because it's, well, it's the encouragers. I'd like to thank uh, Erica Farber a hundred years ago when she was the general manager of a New York radio station for inviting this high school kid and his friends oh. up and giving us a tour of this magnificent station and, you know, making us just want to be in the business uh, even more than we did before we walked through the door. So, and Erica knows I, you know, she knows I'm a fan. So I just wanted to say it publicly on your forum. I totally understand that completely. Erica, I got a question for you too here at the end of what we're doing. Why do you think some people have an easier time with change and and it's so there's so much resistance from others? Uh, <laughs> I, a, I ask you, know, you all the tough questions, Erica. I, I don't really know. Um, you know, there are some um, personality scores you can go through and and we do this with our training. Nice. And the more you can understand what type of person someone is, um, you know, there's different ways to do this. I know um, Kipper has done this exercise too, but we use colors um, for ours and we break out these personality types into different colors. So for instance, a gray, if you will, is someone who's very analytical, who um, in many cases, they're the people that sit um, in our uh, finance offices, uh, they like, you know, if you move a pencil on their desk, they move it right back to the way it was. And so people like that are very resistant to change. And yet if you analyze the other personality types, there are some who love it, who are thriving off change. So what you really want in an organization is a really good balance. You want people who are um, maybe not all risk takers, you, you don't want the same of anything. And the more That's diverse right. you can have within your organization, the more successful you're going to be. No, so that not. wasn't a good answer, but I think. No, I like that answer a lot. And, and I'm going to tell you something. When somebody says something like what you just said, I always want to say this because I have a friend who was in the radio business for a long time and he bounced out of the radio business and he opened an agency, a consulting practice that focuses only on, are you ready for this? Credit unions. 
And as a part of his practice today, he uses disc profiles and he never, ever allows a seller or anybody who is this type person to mix with that type of client. He says, every time we do it, we lose a client. I'm not doing it. So they are very careful about what disc profiles go with what clients disc Mm -hmm. profile. And I think all of these practices, like you said before, we're all in sales. If you if you don't believe it, it's just because you haven't caught up to what's happening in the 21st century. Correct. That's correct. All right. So listen, we do try to keep things to about an hour. One of the great things about our live events is that you can listen. Nobody's required to ask questions. Thank you for joining us every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific for the Radio Rally. Remember, if you know somebody that you would like to hear as a guest on the Radio Rally, it's so simple. Email me directly, FORD at RainmakerPathway.com. We hope that you have a great week, like we say at Rainmaker Pathway and on the Radio Rally. Once you have a radio station, you can get anything else you want. You're confused by that statement. You call me up. I'll tell you. I'll fill you in. I promise. Uh, A big thank you to Heather Froglier for being our great co-host for this event. Our special thanks to Erica Farber and Drew Bland for being outstanding, for being patient and giving. A very special thanks to Joe Kelly for producing the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, which should be available shortly. And he's so fast at doing this. It's stirring. Uh, So it'll be up sooner than you think. And we'd like to thank JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing our podcast. Please share our podcast. We have two of them with everybody that you know who is interested in radio or audio or encouragement or innovation. The Encouragers Radio Rally podcast and the Encouragers Innovation and Audio podcast are available anywhere you get your podcast. Of course, please remember, be kinder than you have to be. And of course, uh, thank you for being part of the Radio Rally with the Encouragers. Good night.